Hello and welcome to Indians on Deck. I'm Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, how are you the last two weeks? It's been a pretty wild two weeks. I'm excited to talk about it. So we'll go ahead and kick it off right away with our man Nolan Jones, number one overall prospect in the Indian system, who did pretty well. Seems like he's adapting quite nicely to Double A. In the past two weeks, he slashed uh, 289, 407, 511, which is... I'd say better than his overall season slash, just uh, barely. So, uh, especially the power. So, had a couple home runs, a couple doubles, and more importantly, uh, nine walks, which is great. Because uh, that was the one thing that I was a little worried about. He wasn't quite seeing the ball as well when he moved up. But to get that on-base percentage back over 400, I mean, that's total Nolan Jones. Yeah, it's a really nice-looking line. And I mean, that's close to like the classic 300, 400, 500. So I don't think there, there's no reason to be upset at all with what, no, what he's doing right not, now. That's awesome. Not one bit. I mean, he's been doing so good. Some people were even saying, hey, with Jose being that done for the rest of the regular season, why not give Nolan a shot? <laughs> <laughs> On our uh, sister podcast. Yeah, it, well, it I wasn't just Lyons. there. Yeah. I mean, I was seeing it all over Twitter, <laughs> Nolan, too. Nolan Jones? Nolan Jones? You know, there's no reason to, to jump the gun on starting his clock when we still yeah. have uh, you know you, a guy like Yu Chang, who, hey, you was awesome the other night. So let, yeah. let you play. So, yeah, great job by Nolan Jones. I'm really happy for him. Um, this is potentially setting the stage for maybe he starts next year at double A and then makes another quick jump to triple A, kind of like what he did this year, where he started the year at high A after ending the year before at high A and then jumped up to double A. So what that I wouldn't be yeah, mad at all. What I'm really excited for is to see him with the juiced baseballs. <laughs> I keep forgetting that triple A has the same balls. And so all of the power stats this year for prospects up there are like, eh, yeah, maybe like not. Like the Indians have like four or five guys up there with OPS is over 900. So and that's on the season, not just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, all right. Well, let's hear about uh, Tristan McKenzie. Looks like we actually have an update. Maybe, but I haven't heard anything. I did some more searching and I, I heard there were some like rumblings that maybe he would pitch in one of the winter leagues, but I couldn't find anything confirming that. And then Baseball America had a chat in which, and this was a couple days ago, somebody brought up, you know, how worried are you about Tristan McKenzie as a result of the injury this year? And Bed, Ben Badler, could be Badler. I'm going to say Badler. Uh, he said, very worried. I don't know that it changes the upside as much as it decreases the probability of him getting there, which you'd lose a whole year of development like this. You do start to have concerns. You, you, you do have to start to wonder uh, about his durability. I mean, not just with getting injured, but with recovering from injuries. Because, again, you know, it was a back injury. Mike Clevenger had at least as far as I was concerned, as far as I heard, a similar injury. His injury happened after McKenzie, and then Clevenger returns from the injured list, gets hurt again with his like leg. You remember he fell, uh, like twisted his ankle or something? Comes back yeah. off the injured list again and is still putting up good numbers, and McKenzie hasn't pitched the whole season. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely raises, it raises some serious concerns. I mean, I don't know if I'm concerned about him ever getting there, but I'm concerned about uh, injuries, absolutely. 
So, uh, I mean, I, I, I expect him to pitch next season, but I'm concerned any time that any little thing happens to him that it might take him longer to get to recover than somebody else because he didn't deal with any injuries his first three seasons, and he exploded all the way up to uh, high A, was pitcher of the league of the year in the Carolina League, uh, one of the top pitchers in all of minor league baseball, made the Futures game, and in the past two seasons, he's missed a season and a half due to injury. That's not good. So he, he has really stunted his development. Yeah, I and mean, maybe it'll just end up being a speed bump, but kind of the fact that we haven't heard anything about it, too, is just, I guess, the tendency is to fill the void with worst-case scenarios. Speaking of worst-case scenarios, how did Logan Allen do? Oh, well, he had a couple of starts, went 10 innings in them, but that was while giving up 17 hits for 12 earned runs, four of which were produced by home, or he gave up four home runs, I should say, and that was with five walks and five strikeouts. So a little out to see, to say the least. That's not good at all. Um, So again, it's just similar to the season that he's been having. He just has not had a good 2019 at the majors or minor league level. Uh, So far, the only good performances he's had were his debut with the Padres, where he went seven shutout innings, and his debut with the Indians, where I don't think he gave up any runs of like an inning or two out of the bullpen. So if if he could just debut everywhere all season, that'd be (laughs) – just have him start the year, first start in the Dominican League, second start in Arizona, just (laughs) each one new league. (laughs) Just have him in that mindset, then maybe we'd be fine. Um, but again, I'm not crazy concerned because he's been good every season in his career up until this year. And I think he'll get it figured out. We've got a lot of really smart people in the system. They're going to work with him in the off season. I think he'll come back really strong next year. So I'm not, not worried about it. Moving on to our number four man, a Mr. Tyler Freeman. He had an interesting couple of weeks as well. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't crazy, but. Uh, in 12 games, he slashed 269, 269, 288 in one double and three strikeouts. So, obviously, three strikeouts in 12 games over 53 uh, plate appearances, that's pretty awesome. Uh, what's not awesome is, you know, did not walk, did not get a hit by pitch. And that was something that he was working on really hard in the offseason. And it seems like he's just kind of let that go. Like, it just. He started so strong. He was walking like 10% of the time to start off the season. And then now we're down to a two-week stretch where he didn't walk one time. So it seems like he's been spending a little too much time with Oscar Gonzalez, (laughs) maybe. Well, I was reading something today about over the course of a season, especially for younger guys, patience starting to wane almost. And it being... a especially when a guy starts to struggle, a skill just to get them to the point where they trust what they're seeing and don't get over eager on pitches and and stay locked in with that patience. So maybe that helps explain why he started off strong and seems to have kind of lost it a little bit, but hopefully it's something that he can stay committed to and grow as a player. Yeah, because I mean, that was a huge leaping point for him was added patience at the plate to having an already extremely good contact rate and hard hit percentage, and uh, I hope he can give that back because, I mean, that made him even that much more exciting as a prospect. But, I mean, he still is a guy that is hitting extremely well, very young for his age at at his level. So no reason to panic just because he didn't walk. Uh, Next up, 
Uh, somebody that is learning on the fly a little bit with patience. Looks like Bo Naylor's been doing all right. He had 11 games over the last two weeks, hit 244, 326, 463. The trend continues to go up for him. And that was with two doubles. Again, two triples, <laughs> uh, five walks and an intentional walk and seven strikeouts in those 11 games. I know and, he had the grand slam in there, too. Oh, did I just completely forget home the home run. runs? Maybe. I'm stupid. I know he had a grand slam because I wrote about it on like Yeah, Tuesday so also at least one home run, but definitely an exciting fortnight for him. And then you had mentioned there was a really fun stat that popped up about his extra base hits. Well, Indians Pro tweeted this earlier this year that uh, the last Indian in any minor league Indian season to have at least 10 doubles, 10 triples, and 10 home runs in a season was Grady Sizemore in like 2003. And then this year, Kai, Kai Tom did it. And then with those two triples, uh, Bo Naylor has now done it. I've just, again, I've never heard of a catcher <laughs> that hits triples like this. And something else that really struck me, uh, you'll see it on my feed. I think I retweeted it on my uh, on my Twitter profile. Um, something called secondary average. I don't know if you've ever heard of that stat. Have you ever heard of secondary? I had, average? but I didn't really know that there were any people like dedicated tracking it. So it was cool to see that tweet. Yeah. So basically, yeah, secondary average is something that keeps track of all like the really important stuff you do when you went when that that takes batting average out of it. So uh, doubles, triples, home runs, walks, and stolen bases, like all the other really big things you can do that aren't really factored by batting average, um, and it listed a lot of the the top players that had really high secondary averages where maybe they're just on the the quick look. Maybe they didn't look like they're doing anything that crazy. Uh, but then you look again and boom, secondary average pops off the chart. That, that That's something where there's definite opportunity for serious improvement. And Bo Naylor was, I think, number six in all of minor league baseball on the list. Nice. So that's that makes me really excited. I mean, and out of all those players, he had by far the most triples. <laughs> the catcher. So yeah, nuts. exciting times for Mr. Naylor. And then moving along, we have George Valera, who I believe, according to Fangraphs, is now the Indians' top prospect. But as far as pipeline goes, we still have him at, what is that, 7-6? And uh, in seven games, Valera, I mean, Valera was playing about every other day for Mahoning Valley, uh, did not get a lot of regular time, but in seven games, he slashed 0, 8, 7, 250, 174. He had a triple, three walks, was hit by two pitches, and struck out 10 times. Um, and then of note, he got promoted to single A at Lake County. And granted, he didn't do that much. In his debut, he went 0 for 4 with a hit by pitch. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it wasn't the most amazing debut, but hey, the second he got promoted to that team, they scored like 13 runs. So maybe the Valera effect. Speaking of speaking of high energy, how did Bobby Bradley do this week? He had 13 games over the last couple of weeks. Uh, kind of similar-ish in that he hit 146 with a 314 on base percentage. So a pretty, a decent on base clip given a very sad batting average. Um, slugged 293. Uh, I think his only extra base hits were two home runs. Had 10 walks. That's encouraging. Had 17 strikeouts. That's what we expect. <laughs> so again, you you want to see the strikeouts be lower, but I'm very pleased with 10 walks in 13 games. So that's the thing. That's the number I'm really looking at um, because 
uh, he was known, like he was one of our leading guys in getting walks uh, when he was first on the scene with the Indians. And then the last like maybe year or two, the walk has have trended down a little bit as he's kind of focused a little bit more on trying to make contact. And he's been a little less patient at the plate. And to see those walks uh, climb, that's good because uh, we know the strikeouts are going to be there. I would like to see them, you know, not at the extent that they are, but if he can balance those with walks, that at least makes him, you know, if he can get that, uh, you know, on base percentage up to like three fifty or higher, you know, that makes him a lot more compelling of a of a player that that we can use. Moving along. Ethan Hankins. Yeah, Ethan also was promoted to Lake County. And in uh, three games started, he pitched uh, 13 innings, had a 6.08 ERA, not the greatest. But in those 13 innings, he struck out 15 batters, walked five, uh, gave up nine hits on set or nine runs on 17 hits. So he was hittable, but he also was tough to hit with the 15 strikeouts. So, uh, for somebody that relies so much on their fastball, at least at this point in his career, that's, I think this is to be expected as he's moving up and he's starting to face hitters that can track that fastball a little bit better out of his hand. So this is a good learning experience for him. So I'm not obviously worried. I mean, he was unhittable at Mahoning Valley. It's it, there's it's almost impossible to move up a level and do better. So I, I, what, what I would like to see is see how he responds to this challenge, though. And I think Lake County is going to make the playoffs, so he'll have a little bit more time to get a few extra bonus starts this year as well. Yeah, he should at least be able to pick up two, right? So moving on, we, it looks like we have another Indians uh, top pitching prospect who uh, performed over the past two weeks. Daniel Espino had a couple of games started, a 5-14 ERA in that time. That was with seven innings pitched in those two games, giving up five hits, four earned, two walks. <laughs> But 12 strikeouts, so his stuff is still playing fine. It's just he's settling into a new level as well, right? Uh, from the Arizona Rookie League to the uh, Lake Count or Mohoning Valley uh, Scrappers, which is, again, super exciting. Uh, very happy to see this. Um, and I'm very happy to see that he's still very difficult or racking up the strikeouts and keeping the walks low as he moved up. So, you know, this is a kid that has a very, very bright future because you know, the Indians have all these like college pitchers that are just blowing people away and not walking anybody and soaring through the system. And then they've got these projects that potentially could be aces. Uh, and so those are the ones that you really want to see how they play out. Like they, they, they've got some of them are obviously like the high school arms they drafted. Some of them are out of uh international like like a Carlos Vargas like a Brawny Munoz like a uh, an Oviedo uh, uh, a Mejia but so there's all these other guys that potentially have just filthy ace stuff and then they they balance it with these college arms that soar through the system I mean it's it's crazy the amount of pitching that is in this system but Espino Espino is definitely one of the bright the super bright spots it's funny to me because I think we've been our prospect rankings league wide have been bouncing around mm -hmm. somewhere between like 10 and 15 for a little while. But then this season alone with guys like Playsack and Sivali coming up and being very and good starting pitchers prospects. so far, like, like Playsack was not, no, know, Playsack was not even Civali, in the top 30 at the beginning of the season. And then very briefly was number 15. And Sivali was, I think like 20, 
And they and Savali's been unbelievable. I mean, he's basically thrown a quality start every appearance, better than a quality start. Uh, and the only time they didn't was it got shortened by rain at five and two thirds innings. So yeah, so so not his fault at all. Uh, so you, you also have to factor in that this Indian system, which is they're ranking in in the ten to fifteen range, is just having some of these pitchers show up and just barely even be in the rankings because they're soaring through it so fast. Uh, and they're still having a really well uh, regarded system. So, and, and that system, those rankings are going to keep climbing, by the way. I expect it to be top 10 uh, everywhere next season. It'll be fun to keep an eye out for it. That brings us finally to Brian Rocchio. Yeah, and Rocchio had a great week. A great two weeks over 12 games. He uh, slashed 300 with a 327 on base and a 520 slugging and a pair of doubles, three home runs, a walk, eight strikeouts and four stolen bases. He also was named the New York Penn League player of the week last week. So yeah, Rokio, we knew he had it in him. It just, it took a little bit longer than, than expected. Uh, there's some people that think he's a, you know, a top five, if not top three prospect in the Indian system. And he just wasn't quite at that level with his numbers, at least this year. But that was a great way to close it out. There's uh, only a, about six, about one more week left in the, the, the New York Penn League. And it's unlikely that the scrappers are going to make the playoffs. But uh, if they do, it's going to be because of somebody like uh, Rokio, especially with uh, Valera getting promoted. So moving on, it looks like we've got our five best from everywhere, and we have a newcomer to the list. It is Jerson Ramirez. Um, <clears throat> I think he's in Mahoning Valley. Is that right? So, so far this month, he has given up no runs, and that's in multiple relief appearances over seven innings. But then specifically the last two weeks, he's really turned it on. He's pitched three and a third innings, a single hit, a single walk, and seven strikeouts in that time. And again, no earned runs allowed the entire month so far. Hopefully we're not jinxing him here. And, you know, he's definitely uh, another exciting bullpen arm. So there's a lot of those in the Indian system. The The competition next year for making the Indians bullpen is going to be riveting with, with all the guys that are at AAA right now. So Then we have uh, our old friend Juan Hillman. Seems to be in one of his hot streaks again. Huge hot streak. Uh, over the last three games, over the past two weeks, he had three games started, ERA of 1.86. Uh, two of his starts were seven-plus innings pitched, uh, one of them with uh, just one earned run allowed and one not giving up any runs. Uh, over 19.1 innings pitched, or 19 and a third, he struck out 15, gave up 12 hits. So... Well done, Juan Hillman, my man. And then I still uh, want him to become the Hall of Famer that he always seemed to become in one of my versions of Out of the Park Baseball. I'm just going to will it into existence. At this rate, he's going to be pitching Double A next year because uh, this has probably been, at least in my opinion, his most successful uh, season. And I mean, he, he was named uh, a Carolina League All Star, and then he had a little bit of uh, slow down a little bit about the halfway point of the season. And I was a little worried that maybe his arm got tired again, but then to be able to pick it up here down the stretch again is just really exciting. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do next year. Uh, moving on, looks like we've got another Lynchburg Hill cat in our five. Steven Kwan. Yeah. He had 12 games played in the last week, two weeks. Hit 367, 418, 490, four doubles, a triple, 
good for a 159 WRC plus. And again, remember, these are over two weeks. It's a lot tougher. You know, it's there's a lot of people that, you know, we would throw in here and they'd have like a 240 WRC plus. It's, it's way tougher to, to sustain dominance over two weeks than it is to do it for one week of just being hot. So, uh, and Stephen Kwan's been good for about the last month, uh, betting like over 350. So, uh, great way to finish out the season with him as well. He started the year hot. He's finishing the year hot. And, uh, again, he was just drafted in 2018 and he's already at high A playing well. I forget so, that he's that new yeah. to the system. I mean, this is his first <laughs> full season. Last year, he, he played like 15 games. So, uh, cause he, he won the college world series. His team did. So he was on the, the Oregon State uh, Beavers. They won the College World Series. He came in late, got only a couple games in, but raped. And then they're like, okay, you're going to skip Mahoning Valley. You're going to skip Lake County. We're just going to send you straight to high A. And he's been their leadoff hitter for most of the season at high A, and, and he's done well. He doesn't hit for a lot of power, but Excellent. he's an on-base machine. He's definitely been, uh, I think, one of our top uh, hit leaders in all of the Indian system this year. So I'm definitely expecting him to, to make it to double A next year and keep it going. So could be a, another kid that could be adding to our outfield mm-hmm. depth. Moving and that forward. brings us to maybe the best overall performance in the entire system over the last couple of Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. Daniel Johnson. Remember this guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of outfield depth, uh, Daniel Johnson, uh, literally, he's the reason that the Jan Gomes trade is so one-sided. Forget mm-hmm. about Roberto Perez hitting 21 home runs. Forget about... Uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez stepping in and doing great. Um, it's Daniel Johnson. This guy literally is our right fielder of the future. He's the reason that we don't have to re-sign Puig. Okay, I'm telling you guys right now. This guy is going to step right in, and he's going to start smashing the baseball next year. Um, over the past two weeks, he slashed 413, 471, 717 with six doubles, a triple, two home runs, and five walks. Just an absolute beast. Uh, this guy represented the Indians in the Futures game, uh, started the year at Double A, raked so hard there, they promoted him, and he hasn't skipped a beat. Um, I mean, he's just been tremendous. Um, and honestly, I would not be shocked if they give him a cup of coffee here in September, but they, they may just wait for next year. But this is definitely a guy that is going to be in the mix for that starting outfield job next year and will absolutely deserve it. I'm very excited. And if I'm recalling correctly, his speed, I think I looked at his, his fan graphs values. They were saying he was like a 70 at a 80 on speed. And then I think they said 80 at 80 for arm strength. So absolute cannon for an arm. So, so literally you, again, that's Puig, isn't it? (laughs) Fast with the cannon and with power. Yeah. So, yeah, this guy can hit. He like he's a five tool player. He's he's what we always hoped Bradley Zimmer would be. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he is. Yeah. He is. Like they were always saying, you know, Bradley <laughs> Zimmer could be the five tool guy with the speed, the the base running, the the defense, the the on base, the the power, the hit. But Zimmer could never quite get the hit part down. Uh, Daniel Johnson does do all five. So yeah, I'm telling you right now, this guy is the the, the right fielder of the future. And we're going to have some really exciting options uh, competing for those spots in uh, in the next spring training. But I, I expect Daniel Johnson to be there long term. All right. Last but not least, I'm sure you're excited to talk about this guy. I am breaking all the way out of the cupboard. 
We have Yiner Diaz in nine games, slashing 405, 395, yes, 622. Uh, that's with three doubles, a home run, no walks. However, he hit a sacrifice Which fly. made his on base go down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and only eight strikeouts in that time. And again, I don't know if it's fair necessarily to give catchers a positive handicap, but maybe it is. Uh, he, he does not seem to slow down when it comes to mashing. He did it in the rookie league. He's doing it now. He's he is fun. fun. He's just fun. This is, I'm not joking. I think this is the fifth time he's been in our top five and his season started in <laughs> June. <laughs> it started in like mid June. So we've only been doing it for a month and a half. Like I think, right. Let's see. June to July, July. To, okay, so two months. We've been doing this for a little over two months, just barely. And he's, he's been, been in half, half of, of our top fives. <laughs> I mean, that is ridiculous. And he's been doing it for two years now. Because because last year, yep. he was batting over 400 for almost the whole season. Uh, slowed down right at the end, but I think was still one of the top hitters in the whole league. And then he did the exact same thing this year, got promoted, and he's doing the same damn thing again. So that's awesome. I'm I'm so happy to see that. It wasn't just a fluke at the Arizona Rookie League. And I want to see him continue to flourish because especially yes. with uh, it's it's looking almost certainly like Bo Naylor is going to be moving up. And I don't I don't see anybody in Yanger Diaz's way. I mean, there's some decent catchers, but uh, I mean, just get this guy in the lineup. <laughs> get him in full season. Yeah, there's no one really with a prospect yeah. pedigree. So blocking get him. him in Lake County next year. I want to see him play the whole damn year. And then there's a, a really couple do. of other young strapping <laughs> gentlemen just flying yeah. through the system here in the late season. What do you know about this Carlos Carrasco? Uh, looks fellow? like he was just blowing people away the other day. Uh, first first pitch was mm. 97 miles an hour. Uh, I, I heard he's getting called up on Sunday. Yeah. Really? Breaking news. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. Which should be great. I mean, the, the bullpen has been a little bit rocky as of late, maybe mm -hmm. expected some regression coming, but just having him back yeah. in the clubhouse and we've seen him be out extremely effective out of the bullpen. I mean, that's before. really what turned so his career he's around. He's going to be a huge shot he, in the arm. He came out of the yeah. bullpen. He got out of his own head. And then, I mean, even when he starts now, he's out of the stretch the whole game. I'm sure you've noticed that. Uh, that's That's... From his mm -hmm. time in the bullpen, where he just—he's not even thinking about changing his delivery, depending on who's up and where. It's just this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit you with my best stuff, and you're not going to be able to touch me. And I can't wait to have that back. Plus, just the story. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be awesome. And as you mentioned, uh, Bradley Zimmer's been good too. I think. Uh, granted, again, he hasn't been facing you know the best pitchers in the world, but. Uh, during his rehab stint so far, Bradley Zimmer has been slashing, uh, I think, like around a 370 for his batting average and hitting home runs. And it looks like he changed his swing a little bit, short, shortened it. Which, which hey, that's the big thing mm -hmm. that jumps out to me is if he really did shorten his unbelievably long swing, then maybe this streak of hotness that he's on as he's working his way back is mm -hmm. real. Of course, he'll probably like go on a 10 game hit streak and then crash into a wall again, start the whole thing over. But maybe he learned more lessons. <laughs> I don't know. He's just frustrating because he was yeah. that five tool guy and we all felt pretty good about trading. Um, 
Yeah, because we had well, Frazier's had his own then... struggles. <laughs> more, more, you more with the media and defense, but yeah, yeah. So, okay, uh, and then moving on, looks like we got transactions. So nothing too crazy in terms of the injuries, released, suspended, retirements section. Had a couple players like Josh Smith, Logan Allen sent back down to the AAA level, and Luis Jimenez was released. But in terms of promotions, these are the things to get excited about. Yu Chang was added back to the Indians roster, hit his first major league hit and a triple and a walk in the same game the other day. A monster game from Chang. Yeah. He made a couple real nice defensive plays, Really too. showcased uh, his whole skill set. So I hope people will shut up now <laughs> about Yu Chang. Now that they've actually seen him, he's good. He's good, people. There's a reason he's been in our top 10 prospect list for like three years. He's a good player, and he's going to be a legitimate candidate for second base next year. So, uh, And then in terms of AAA, we had Scott Moss get promoted from Akron, and he pitched very well in AAA at three starts. Uh, Connor Maribel is back up at uh, Columbus from Akron. Uh, At AA, Anthony Ghost was activated from the injury list. Um, Skylar Arias was uh, promoted to high A from Lake County. George Valera, as we mentioned earlier, is now at full season Lake County. And Aaron Bracco, who was Valera's uh, on the same international signing pool as Valera, but he's basically a year behind him in development because he did not play all of last year. Uh, But Bracco got promoted to Mahoning Valley. And he, he was tremendous. He was actually one of the best offensive players in the Arizona Rookie League. So great job by Brocco. And now he'll have an opportunity to hit, uh, play against a little bit tougher competition the last uh, week and a half of the season. It should yeah, be really should. exciting to see how and he does. Now, and they also have not released the full rosters, but they did announce five players will be making, uh, will be playing in the Arizona Fall League, which actually starts like right in September. So basically as soon as the, the, uh, playoffs are over in the minor leagues. Um, they'll they'll be playing in Arizona almost immediately after that. So, uh, who do we have so far confirmed uh, playing in the Arizona Fall League? The now? list at the moment is third baseman Nolan Jones, uh, catcher first baseman Gavin Collins, utility second base shortstop wherever he can play Ernie Clement, then a couple of pitchers in right-handed pitcher Brock Hartson and left-handed pitcher Kirk McCarty. More on him well, later. I think this is a great list. Obviously, you, you have the stud prospect in Nolan Jones. They're going to give him a, a chance to really shine against uh, potentially some tougher pitching matchups, uh, really test him. And then uh, I don't know if they use the juice balls down there. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and then Gavin Collins and Ernie, uh, both uh, pretty solid overall players. They'll just, I think, will be filling in uh, kind of that depth at the level. But with the Hartson and McCarty, I think is actually intriguing because McCarty missed the whole first half of the season with injury. So it's like he missed, like, so he's making up for lost time here by getting to pitch a a whole extra month uh, because uh, Lynchburg was eliminated from the playoffs yet today, I believe, or yesterday. So uh, they will not be playing in the playoffs, but then he'll get to pitch uh, in the Arizona Fall League. And then Brock Hartson returned from retirement after missing like a whole season and a half or something. Um, and he'll he'll be back. And he also missed the whole first half of the season, probably the first two-thirds of the season. And he's actually been pitching pretty well. And he'll get a chance to uh, add a whole extra month of work. So I think this is great what they're doing with uh, the pitchers. So I'm, what I wrote was I was hoping that they also add Francisco Perez 
Do you remember Francisco Perez? Yeah, he's he was not a super stud prospect, but he was a really good, like out of the Dominican uh, pitcher that put up good numbers, but was just never in the rankings. And he pitched in Lake County or maybe even Lynchburg last year. He was part of a no-hitter. He started the game, uh, didn't finish it. They did a combined no-hitter with him. And, uh, but then he didn't do anything this year. He was just, he was the one pitcher that never even appeared in anything. And then he finally, uh, has been doing some rehab starts. He pitched like five shutout innings the other, uh, day or two ago for Mahoning Valley. He hasn't even worked his way back up to the level he was at before he got hurt. So I'm hoping that they throw him in there too as well, just to let him get a month of work, but we'll see. But he's actually another guy that I'd like a left-hander out of the Dominican that can throw in the low to mid nineties. Well, and I think they still have two pitchers to add, if I remember reading that correctly. So yeah, there's there's a couple more players to go. Yep. So that's what I was hoping was. That brings us to Indians in the cupboard, where we keep track of uh, almost a handful of players that aren't in the top ten, but we feel are worth keeping tabs on as they make their way through the system. Uh, I haven't changed mine in a while. I've still got Kyle Nelson as my pitching prospect. And he did pretty well for himself over the last couple of weeks. Five games, six and a third innings pitched with a 2.84 ERA. Only gave up six hits, two earned runs, and 13 strikeouts in that time. Not quite Karen Chakian, but good. And then, yeah, we already talked about Yiner Diaz because he's a delight. Uh, just, I don't think I can give him up. <laughs> no, don't, don't ever. Keep him all next year, too. Even if they put him in the top 10. <laughs> Be like, Yader is mine for life. <laughs> He'll get uh, called up to the Indians. Yader's still on my team. He's still in my cupboard. <laughs> um, and then uh, with my team, Oscar Gonzalez, uh, he was promoted to double A, and he's struggling still. Um, he slashed 174, 188, 217, although he did hit a home run and a couple doubles. And he got a walk. Granted, it was one walk over two weeks in 14 games. But I think the, the the most promising part of this was he only had six strikeouts in 14 games. So it seems like it was just more of a unlucky than anything. And as it mentions here, it was a 195 BABIP over those two weeks. So uh, on the season, he's still batting 300, 320, 430. So he's still having a very strong season. And uh, definitely somebody that I will be excited about moving forward. And then, uh, as we mentioned last week, I dropped Eli Morgan because I felt that he was just getting tired here down the stretch. And he just was not pitching at that same level that he was at the beginning of the season. And I added Kirk McCarty. And Kirk McCarty uh, did not do so great either. Uh, Kirk Mavoy in two games started over the past two weeks. Uh, went eight and a third innings pitched. Allowed 11 hits, eight runs off of three home runs with three walks and 12 strikeouts. Uh, The strikeouts are good. The strikeouts are great. That's that's the whole reason I'm on Team Kirk McCarty is in terms of strikeout rates, he's actually been one of the tops for all Indian starters over the past two seasons. So, uh, And hopefully uh, he can get back to uh, not just missing bats, but uh, missing them completely so that they don't even hit him. So... Uh, there was one last thing we wanted to talk about. It's not on our list, but um, potential Indians call-ups now that September is right around the corner. So I'll let you start. So I am, and we already talked about him in a little bit, 
I would love to see Daniel Johnson at least for a little bit. I just I want to I want to taste. I want to see him take a couple cuts at major league pitching. So he's definitely someone that I hope we at least get an opportunity to see. And then I think James Karinchak is a <laughs> I think everybody expects that we'll probably see him at some point. Yeah, that's definitely a, a realistic possibility. Um, with me though, there's there's an issue. It's a 40 man issue. And that's because the Indians have three players that they are about to activate off of their 40 man roster uh, or that, that are currently on the 60 day injured list. Uh, you have Dan Otero, Bradley Zimmer, and Carlos Carrasco probably all being activated September 1st. So first of all, they have to dump three guys off the 40-man roster just for that, because uh, right now they've been able to kind of work around 40-man roster issues because so many people have been hurt. Uh, and then don't forget, Corey Kluber is going to be activated, you know, hopefully before the end of the season uh, after he had his setback in his rehab starts. So there's four 40 man roster spots. So my issue is, are they going to give new fresh blood an opportunity in September when they have so many 40 man roster spots that they have to take care of already? So unfortunately I don't think that they're going to give an opportunity to somebody like Karen Jack or uh, Daniel Johnson or Kai Tom, even though they deserve it and they've been having tremendous seasons I think it's much more likely that they give those spots to people like Chang down the stretch, Bobby Bradley down the stretch, who's already on the 40-man roster. Uh, people that are on the 40-man, so they probably call up Jake Bowers again. Um, I, unfortunately, I think that's really the route they're going to go instead. Uh, it's not the most exciting, but that, to me, is, I believe, what they're going to do because they already are going to have to cut like three or four guys and DFA them. So I, I don't think they want to crunch another two guys after that. So I know, Ooh, I know I it's say. boring, <laughs> but I think that that's actually what they end up doing. But uh, let me double check I was here. wondering if there does seem to be a little bit of um, chaff, so to speak, when it comes to relief pitchers that are on the 40-man roster now. So someone like John Edwards... I've never been sold on or even like AJ Cole. I know he's on the 10 day IL right now, but if, if they were convinced that some of those guys weren't going to be part of the plan moving forward, then there might be some room for guys, but we're, I guess we are going to have to wait and see what they decide to do. And, you know, if you put uh, Eric, ha Eric Hassel get called yes. out as well. I'll say yes. That. I want to see him hit million foot home runs in Cleveland. He still hasn't done it yet. We saw Bobby Bradley's million-foot home run. And I don't think we want this, but if Jose Ramirez got transferred to the 60-day DL... I don't think they can, since he got I don't hurt. Know. And Why not? With less than 60 days left in the season. Not... Can they do that? I don't think they can. They let you manipulate the roster in so many other ways, right? I know, but I, I, I feel like that would be over-manipulating. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I mean, there are guys like, you know, an Andrew Velasquez that they signed that's like kind of a utility guy that mm -hmm. isn't doing anything. As you mentioned, John Edwards, uh, maybe a Jordan Stevens that they signed from the White Sox that has is just pitching in the minors uh, or a Tyler Olson, who I don't think is one of our top relievers yeah. at this point at all. But we will know. 
here shortly, and it should be exciting to see who they add down the stretch, if anyone, and what the Indians can do. All righty. I believe that brings us to a close for this edition of Indians on Deck. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the world, Brian? Uh, I don't think so. I'm looking forward to another one of those uh, haikus, if you've got them. I, I actually don't have one this time. Oh, no. Well, I can pull one up Yeah, so I mean, fast. Just the top one, it does, they're all amazing. So. A foul out against Hector Neris is an aftermath worse than agony. Mm-hmm.